Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Celia Kibler, and I'm here with another Kibler, Chef Kibby. And no, we are not related, but we have very similar last names spelled differently, sounds the same as so many words in the English language are. And But I'm super excited to have Chef Kibby here. Why? Because he cooks food. Yay. Who doesn't love food personally? It's one of my favorite things. So <laughs> we love food and he loves cooking food and helping kids also learn how to be chefs themselves. He's a professional chef, a culinary instructor with over 25 years experience in the food industry. He is also a biological foster and adoptive dad, yay for Chef Kibby, who seeks to use his brand Cooking with Kibby to show other parents how to use the shared act of cooking and eating, we can't forget eating, favorite thing, with their kiddos as a way to build deeper relationships, stronger attachments, and more resilient young people. Welcome, Chef Kibby, to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. We are so happy to have you. Celia, it, the pleasure is all mine. I'm so glad to finally get a chance to sit down and talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a long time coming. So, um, so let's talk about a little bit about food and how you can incorporate children into making meals with you. Because I'm always trying to, you know, get parents when a child asks to help, let them help. Don't ever turn your child. There's always something a child can do. And the more you turn them away, soon they'll stop asking. So let's talk a little bit about this, this relationship with cooking and eating. Absolutely, Celia. I couldn't have said it any better. I, and, and this is, if I'm completely honest with you and your audience, this is something that I have struggled with and I continue to struggle with from time to time. I, I think it might even be more so a, a challenge for me as a chef because, because I've been in and around food for so long and because I have a particular way that I want things to be done. I have a certain expectation of how I want my food to look and to taste. It can be a challenge when one of my kiddos comes to me and says, daddy, can I help? And so I don't want to you know, put, be put on a pedestal and say that I'm perfect at this myself. I still struggle with it. However, I can say with, with all sincerity that I have not once regretted the time that I have invited or allowed my children to be in the kitchen with me. Now, that's not to say that things have always gone 
particularly well or that everything has turned out perfect. But that's the interesting thing that I've discovered, Celia, and especially during this time when I've had more time with my kids uh, through this year of 2020 with uh, you know shutdowns and, and stay home orders, we've been staying home more with our kiddos. And to top that off, the effect that it's had on my business. I had to shut down my catering business because there just was no catering business to be had. And so I had more time with my kids and more opportunities to be in the kitchen with them. And the more I do that, and the more I continue to do that, the more I'm reminded of what a special gift it is that I have to be able to spend this time cooking and eating with my kiddos because it's so much more than just the food. It is the relationship building activities that come about through the shared act of cooking and eating with my kiddos. And that's just been so special. And that's really the impetus and the and the, the reason why I'm using my brand, Cooking with Kitty, through through my social media channels, through my podcast and YouTube channel, and, and now with developing courses for families, is to first of all be an advocate. I would say even an, evan an evangelist for this idea of not just cooking for our kids, but with them for all the many benefits that come with it. And then because I am very comfortable in the kitchen and a certified chef and a culinary instructor to give families the tools and the, the techniques and the ideas necessary to empower them to have those same experiences with their kiddos. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great for kids not only to learn the skills and learn how meals come together, but when kids help cook, they eat better. I have many, many clients, many parents who, you know, they have what they call picky eaters and they want to know how to get them to eat more. And I'm like, let them help. Let them help with everything. Let them help plan the meal shop. Shopping is a wonderful educational experience for kids. And, you know, indirectly, they'll learn how to eat healthier. They'll learn how to try more foods. When they pick it out and they fix it, they're more apt to eat it than for you to just hand them a plate of food and say, here, here's dinner. And it's fun. And, and if mistakes happen, here's to the mistakes. Have fun making mistakes because all children should learn that mistakes are only a, a gateway to success. You know, nobody has success without a few mistakes. So, and maybe you'll make a, an incredible, you know, meal. I just learned that chocolate chip cookies were a mistake. The woman intended, and I can't remember who it was, to blend the chocolate into the cookie. And it didn't do that. And lo and behold, we have chocolate chip cookies. God bless her. So... <laughs> And here we are now. And, and I think you've really touched on something that is so incredibly important for, for parents to understand. And it's something that I think you and I, who've been in the kitchen enough with kiddos, we kind of take that for granted. And again, especially in this time when more and more children are experiencing uh, mental health uh, issues or concerns, or just the fact that we're, we're all facing disappointment at some level, whether it be you know, disappointment with the way our, our jobs have been, with the way the, the economy has reacted with the, the pandemic. It could be political, socioeconomic issues, but all of us have suffered some sort of disappointment or discouragement in one way or another. 
And we don't always allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough for our kids to see that. And so our kids don't necessarily understand what is the best and healthiest way to, to bounce back, to be resilient, and to deal in a healthy way with the frustrations and discouragements that are just going to happen. That's just a part of life. And what is so unique about cooking together with them is that we do open ourselves up to the opportunity for, for things to, to get screwed up. I mean, yes, again, I'm a chef and I still screw up in the kitchen. But if I'm doing that in front of my kids, then all of a sudden I'm presented an opportunity to model behaviors to them that otherwise I don't know that they would receive. And I mean, they're not going to get that from YouTube. They're not going to get that from social media. All we get are the picture perfect presentations right. of, our, of our best selves and the best selves of celebrities and everybody else. But when we mess up with our kids in the kitchen, they get all of a sudden they get an up close and personal view of who we are. And they are sitting back and watching to see how we're going to react. I, exactly. And when we show them these healthy ways to deal with frustration, to, to, to just pass it off or to work with it, to talk it out, to work with them on coming up with some, some solutions, all of a sudden they begin to understand that frustration and, and anxiety and worry and things that are going to go bad, it's, it's all okay. It's a natural part of life. It doesn't mean that they are not loved. It does not mean that they are not worthy. It does not mean that they are not capable of doing things. And I just feel so blessed, Celia. I just feel so privileged that because of my comfort level in the kitchen, I can, I can intentionally create opportunities for me to, to model those skills with my kids. I mean, and we're not even talking about the, the culinary part of things. We're just talking right. about the, the, the mental health aspect and the, the dealing with frustration and pain. Exactly. And I think kids need that. And they're not necessarily going to get that elsewhere, at least not in this intimate uh, parent and child sort of scenario. And I think that's what a lot of kids need right now. Exactly. They need to know that their parent is not perfect. And a lot of parents are even afraid to show that imperfection to their children, which is like, one of the best things you can do is be authentic to your kids. You know, when they're going through something, talk to them about you having dealt with that. Maybe you dealt with the same thing at work. Maybe you dealt with it when you were a kid, you know, and, and talk about it. And they'll be like, whoa, you know, mom, dad, oh, look, they're like normal people, you know, and you know, it's well, some more normal than others, somewhat normal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, <laughs> I know, I'm just ask my children, but, uh, they're, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see that their parents can make mistakes too. And it didn't end their life by making a mistake. And, you know, what I love about cooking is you can, you know, it, it, offers them the opportunity to be creative too. Like I, I just made an, a meal last night, not last night, a couple of nights ago. And I just took out what I had. I had a, ba a bag of frozen pearl onions in the freezer. I had fresh zucchini. I had, um, what's that? Oh, carrots. I had some carrots left. And so I decided to make this side dish. And all of a sudden I realized, oh yeah, I have this like chicken andouille sausage. I'm going to throw that in. Oh my gosh, this was like the best meal. No seasoning, but because there were so many flavors in it, 
and I don't season a lot any, sometimes I do, but I, you know, I don't tend to season a whole lot anyway. If you ask my my kids, they'll tell you like, I will pick out the most blandest, <laughs> disgusting thing to eat, but I like it because food has flavor. And it was so, it was such a great combination of flavors. I'm like, this is my new favorite meal. We're cooking this all the time. <laughs> but that's what kids that's can do too. They can create things. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get that information. Uh, you're not going to get that same experience just looking up recipes or watching YouTube channels. A lot of those things have to happen experientially. And if we're not doing these sort of experiences on a regular basis, then they're not going to have this experiential knowledge. I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of experiential knowledge with food growing up. I grew up here in the Midwest on a diet of meat and potatoes and, and things like that. And not to say anything bad about it, it was good food and, and I, I turned out okay. But there are other people like my wife who, whose parents were missionaries in Spain and Venezuela. And so she has a whole completely different frame of reference as far as tastes and flavors go. And it's been really neat to combine our experiences along with the other experiences that I've had in the food service industry, getting to create food from, you know, I've worked in concept to everything from you know, traditional American to seafood to Americanized Chinese to, to Japanese to Lebanese, Italian. And to take all those different you know, flavor profiles and, and concepts and techniques and to introduce those to my kiddos and to involve them in the process has, has created so many you know, food memories that, again, there's just something so unique it is. about memories that surround the table. Because not only is it just a very welcoming and hospitable place to be, but when you, when you prepare that same food again, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's almost like you're reliving a moment right. in time. And it brings back those memories of who we were and where we were and what we were experiencing at that time. And I just don't know that a lot of people fully realize what they're missing out on. I mean, a lot of people realize, yeah, I'm, I'm spending a little bit more by paying someone else to cook food for me. Or when I'm preparing food for my kids, um, I'm doing something really good for them, but not necessarily realizing the relational bonding that could be taking place if you allow yourself to be in the kitchen with them as well. Right. And, and, and when you trust them to do stuff, you know, when you are like, okay, you make this, or you help do this, or you crack this egg open, when you give them your trust, you know, and they do the best they can. That's like one of the best lessons you can give them. Plus, they grow up thinking, God, you know, mom, dad, they trust me. They have faith in me. They believe in me. And there's not a lot of times mm -hmm. you get to do that if you don't do it with them working with you and helping you. And I love that you brought up memories because smell is one of the strongest memories you have. And so, you know, when you cook a meal and you remember that smell, you know, and family dinners would, you know, that's a whole nother topic we can get into because mm -hmm. you should be having them. Yeah, the trust issue is, it, yeah, the trust issue is, is so very unique because I have noticed this many, many times that even if I trust my kiddo with something very simple, like cracking an egg, you said, I have, 
I have a, a kiddo that even if she's wearing a pretty princess dress and playing house in the other room, if she knows that daddy needs eggs cracked for, for a meal, she'll, she'll come in and pull up her stool and put on an apron over her princess dress and crack eggs for me. And the thing is, the, the really fun thing to watch is that she'll take ownership of the entire meal because she helped with one part <laughs> of it. You, you know, and it does something psychologically for Absolutely. them, the, the trust, because I firmly believe and have always believed this in my career in food service, is that food is a sacred trust, that, that the person who is consuming that food trusts that whoever handled this food did so safely and did so in a way that honors and respects the, the, the ingredients and where they came from. And I mean, in a really strange sort of metaphysical sort of way, that food is going to become a part of them. And so to be able to entrust even a small part of that, and then for that kiddo to then sit at the table and look around and see the faces of her family or, or other people that she loves, enjoying this food that she had a hand in creating, I have to believe, I'm not a child psychologist by any way, um, but I have to believe that that does something for them, for their ability to understand their self-worth and their confidence right, absolutely. and their ability. And their they pride in a job well done. Men. You know, sorry, I absolutely. You it's know, so much more than a, it's so much more than just a, a you know a high five after catching a fly ball or or doing well in a dance performance. Again, all of those things are important and good and should be a part of a child's upbringing. But I feel like this is one of those pieces that a lot of our families have been missing and have made excuses along the way as to why they haven't. Uh, or kind of explained it away. And I want in my content and the, the, the message that I'm putting forward to people is to stop trying to explain away why we're not cooking with our kids and let's start finding ways to make that a more habitual part of our routine because our kids need it. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, sometimes uh, when I talk to parents about this, they'll be like, especially eggs. Eggs are a great example because they'll be like, well, if they crack an egg, they'll get the shell in it. They'll make a mess. There'll be egg on their hands. There'll be egg on the floor. It's, it's not good for them. Well, is it really the end of the world if a shell falls in the bowl or they get egg on their hand? Then good, we move on to hygiene and how you wash your hands before you start fixing a meal and during and after if need be, you know? And, and if something happens, it happens. But, you know, if a shell falls in the bowl, and you have to get a shell out, that is so minor to all the wonderful positive ingredients you just put into your child simply by letting them crack that egg. You know, mm -hmm. it's, and again, it goes back to, to how we deal with disappointment and frustration and mistakes. Do we make it to be a big deal or do we make it to be the, the small deal that it really is? And it also goes back to the mentality that we have as parents. If my child comes up to me asking to do something, am I approaching this question from a, a point of how can I say no to them because I want them to know that I am in charge, that I'm the dad, and that I'm the one that makes the decisions, and I don't want them to feel like they can just ask me for anything and I'm always going to say yes? Or am I going to look at this from the vantage point of, of relationship and attachment and connection and saying that they've asked for something that I can give them 
even if I have to sacrifice a little bit of myself and my own pride in my cooking or, or giving up a little bit of control over the thing, it's, it's where, what is our mindset. And the more I shift my own mindset, and I'm still working on it, I still stink at it. The more I shift my mindset toward connection and attachment and allowing for opportunities for them to experience and to grow, if it means dinner takes a little bit longer or if there's a little bit of shell that we have to, to, to maneuver out of the bowl, that's, that pales in comparison to the relational building blocks that I'm putting into their lives. And I, I only have so many opportunities to do that before they're eventually going to be at a certain age and they're going to move out and be on their own. And so I want to take advantage of every single opportunity I have, whether it's they're asking for it or we're getting into an intentional practice of creating these opportunities, saying, hey, kiddo, you're going to help me with this on this night sort of thing. And that's what you know, I'm striving for, and I want to encourage other families to do as well. And if there's something standing in the way that isn't mindset, if it's technical ability, or if it's equipment, or if it's uh, knowledge about food and cooking, then I can easily help with those things. Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, it's what you give to your kids. Uh, the, there are teaching moments everywhere, everywhere. Like whatever you do throughout the day, you can turn into something that you are teaching your children out of it. Some little tidbit that you can talk to your child and tell them about. You know, that's what the food store is so great for because you can you can uh, you know, talk about what food labels mean and you can go around and show how the perimeter is the healthy whole foods. And, you know, and there's so much to be learned in the food store. You know, I offer, I offer parents, play a little game. You want your child to try new food, do the color game. And every trip to the food store, uh, your child picks a color and then they go over to the fruit and vegetable department and they pick a fruit and a vegetable in that color, you know, and then they go home and try. Mm -hmm. And it should be one that maybe they haven't tried yet. And everybody tries it. You know, there's so much to be learned. And what it really winds up doing, too, is it builds a healthy relationship with food, which so many mm -hmm. people do not have. So many adults do not have. And that, of course, is passed on to their children. And when you're cooking together and learning how to choose healthier meals and create fun meals, you create a healthier relationship with your food. Absolutely. And the big issue with that is that as, as it distills through the generations, it becomes harder and harder to get that back. Because let's be honest, even though the internet is is just chock full with millions upon millions of videos and recipes and blog posts with regards to food and cooking. For people that are, um, you know, my age, that are that are in their you know late thirties and forties and so on, who did not have an upbringing that was positive with regards to food, when parents are trying, you know, wake up to this idea of of what food and cooking can be for themselves and for their kiddos but don't have that frame of reference, it becomes a tremendous challenge for them because, I mean, cooking really is a language. There's terminology, there's, uh, you know, there's measurements, there's 
you know, techniques. There's, there's so much that if you didn't have that experiential knowledge growing up, it, it becomes really, really hard to, to get that back. And so that creates further stumbling blocks for, for the next generation. And I empathize with them. And again, I feel very fortunate, very blessed that even though I didn't grow up with um, anything from fancy with regards to food and cooking. And in fact, I was, to be honest, I was a very picky eater growing up. So um, I can empathize with what a lot of other people are struggling with. And so I want to approach them and approach my creation of, of content and with online courses and, and coaching for, for other families from a way of, from a position of empathy. And there is a lot that can be done when we just take the time to invest in learning some of these techniques, learning some of the terminology, and doing so in a gradual sense and doing so in a way that fits with our busy schedules, which is why um, we're, as we're recording this, we are coming to the tail end of my first release of my first online course, which is Knife Skills for Busy Families. And what we did was I created a 10-week online course that includes videos on different terms and techniques with regards to, to knives and cutting, but also worked in recipes that take those, those specific knife skills and put them into practice so that it's not just conceptual and it's not just something, well, I've got to make some extra time in order to do this. No, this is, you can work this into your actual weekly food preparation and you can do this as a family. And I love seeing the, the, the pictures of kiddos who have their cutting board, their knife, their ingredient, and they have the, you know, the, the, the tablet or the, the laptop in front of them and they're watching my video and learning how to hold the knife and how to cut the ingredients. And to see that they're contributing to their family, that just, that just warms my heart beyond, beyond yeah. words. And I want to continue to, to do that for families. That's wonderful. And, and what a great skill to teach a child. What a great way to instill confidence in them. And, you know, you, you touched on skills and, you know, you know, when you, you think about a recipe, all the skills that are developed in a recipe, there's reading skills, there's math skills, you know, in cooking together, there's social skills, there's language development, you know, that it, it goes on and on. Look, you know, when you create like a casserole or a layered dish, you know, you're teaching sequencing. Sequencing for small children is the first step to math. So like when you're playing with a small child mm -hmm. and you're like red block, yellow block, green block, red block, yellow block, green block, what's next? Red block, that's sequencing. And that's their first introduction to math. When you layer a lasagna or something like that, you know, and it's, you know, cheese and meat and tomato sauce and cheese and noodles and whatever it is to make a lasagna. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's all more sequencing and, and kids love stuff like topping things with, like when you can top tacos and baked potatoes and, you know, you can make a smorgasbord of toppings and they can create their own, if you're in a hurry, simple type of meal, but they can chop up all the toppings and, you know, learn how to you know, cut up the onions and cut up the uh, the broccoli and whatever else you're putting on this food, and it's just it's it's just a a wealth of learning and fun. I mean, it just 
it never ends. And then you get to eat it even more fun. So, you know, the mm -hmm. most. I love that you shared the lasagna is a, is a, uh, <clears throat> is a, is a practice in sequencing because now I want to totally put together some content about how uh, cooking can can be a start to coding because coding is is sequencing and that's what a lot exactly. of you know young people talk about with regards to to technology and the development of new technology it's all about math and it's all about sequencing and, and coding and how the the process of, of creating food can very much be along those those same lines so that's really interesting I'm gonna have to steal that idea. <laughs> steal away, steal away. <clears throat> but it's, you know, it's true. I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm all about toddlers. My book, Raising Happy Toddlers is out. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I have a kid's fitness company that I've had for 33 years. And we, in the toddler class, when we do an obstacle course, which is like tunnels and hoops and a balance beam and whatever else we throw in, but basically tunnels, hoops and a balance beam. That's the first thing we tell parents is this keeping your child in that sequence is teaching them math skills, you know, and you can say, okay, we go through the tunnel, we go across the balance beam, we go through the hoop, hoops, whatever we're doing. What's next? You know, and they know tunnel, balance beam, hoops, you know, dot, 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 dot. Same with cooking. Uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. so much, so much to learn. And so it gives them so much confidence, so much value and self-worth and um and it's fun mm -hmm. and it's a good profession i mean you could grow up and be a chef which is a very good profession and then you can cook for your family even mm -hmm. better and more fun so you know win-win yeah it's certainly not an industry that's going to be going any away anytime soon even with the the changes that have happened in the past year there's always going to be people that are going to to need the, the hospitality management um industry and and food in particular and though the way it's going to be delivered might be a little bit different there's always going to be room for not only the creative outlet in our homes for for cooking but also like you said possibly professionally and there's a lot of different ways that that can happen like you know like me i've done everything from work in restaurants to manage restaurants to have my own catering business to doing you know cooking demonstrations for, for farmers markets and for corporate events and then also hands-on kitchen sessions where I had groups of everything from families to uh, couples, parents and children, even work groups and, and networking groups to stand around a, a workstation and, and cook and eat together. Of course, I haven't really been able to do that lately, but I hope to be able to do that again sometime in the near future when it's safe and healthy to do so. But even beyond all of that, Celia, it's I really want families to understand that this time with our kiddos in the kitchen can do so so very much for our relationships and i've talked to other parents that have felt the same way and have um the, the conversations that that come about through cooking with our their kiddos can be some of those best heartfelt vulnerable conversations that's something really interesting when you have your hands kind of involved you know when you're scrubbing potatoes or, or busting out prep on the on the knife you know, on the the cutting board or you like last night i'm making risotto which means standing there at the at the stock pot and, and just stirring for you know, 25 to 30 minutes you are distracted enough that you don't feel like you're having a face-to-face -face conversation which is a lot more intimidating for a young person 
Right. And so what cooking allows is to have kind of your, your body distracted a little bit, but still be able to be engaged in conversation. And some of those best talks that parents can have with their kiddos happen in those kind of circumstances. Absolutely. You know, I tell parents, especially parents of teenagers or preteens where they're starting to disconnect and they don't want to open up to their parents. And I'm always like, you need to find areas to connect without being like, okay, today we're going to talk about sex. Today we're going to talk about drugs. Today we're going to talk about this. Just connect, just have conversation, just be open and, and, you know, cooking together can lead to all kinds of conversation. Even, I mean, actually watching TV, you, you see your child laugh at a commercial, talk about the commercial. When you start talking about anything, further conversation and connection happens. And the family dinner table is a wonderful place for that. And, you know, and when you're Absolutely. sitting at the table it becomes a tradition. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and oh, no, you're fine. I think it's a very good thing and a very healthy thing. And there are a lot of studies that have shown that the more often young people, especially the preteens and adolescents, are having a sit down meal with their family, it decreases the, the negative outcomes and increases the positive outcomes. And so that in and of itself is a wonderful thing to be sitting down and eating with their yep. family on a regular basis. Absolutely. And what I'm doing is not only encouraging that, but to take it one step further, because I think that extra step of allowing them into this process of cooking as well as eating, it just increases the positive outcomes exponentially and creates the opportunities like we've already discussed for them to experience trust, self-worth, creativity, to learn about math and science and chemistry and history and cultural awareness and foreign Absolutely. languages, time management, problem solving, all of these things, let alone just feeling like they are capable and uh, able to do amazing things and the, the trust and the wins. I just, I could go on and on. And I, right. again, I feel so fortunate and so blessed that I am able to provide that experience for my kiddos. Yeah. And to see what it's done for the for attachments with our biological fostering adoptive kiddos. And I want those same experiences for, for your audience. And I want them to know that if they feel intimidated by that thought, to not feel that way. Um, that there are things that they can learn. That there are investments they can make in time and in, in teaching that can make those experiences more approachable and more accessible to them because I, I want better relationships with their families as well. Exactly. And, you know, I, I can imagine there are people out there listening and they're thinking, well, I'm not a chef. I'm not a gourmet cook. I'm actually a terrible cook. You know, how, how can you help me? You know, Chef Kibby, how can you help me help my kids while I get to learn how to cook as well? So, how would you help someone who's not great at cooking? It's just a different uh, starting point. I mean, we're all at a different point in our, in our personal experiences when it comes to, to food or for anything else for that matter. And it's nothing to feel ashamed of. 
Um, certainly, I understand the intimidation factor there, but you know, we start with the basics, just with, as with everything else. We learn to crawl before we learn to walk. We learn to put our foot and feet in the water before we jump in and, and start swimming. And the same thing goes in the kitchen. You don't necessarily need to be a chef in order to enjoy your time in the kitchen. And I don't necessarily expect any of my children to become chefs one day either. I, it's not so much about the end product. It's about the, it's about the journey. And it's about yeah. the journey that I'm having with my kiddos of having these moments where they know that their daddy loves them enough to want to have that time with them and to teach them and to be vulnerable in front of them when I screw up, which I do from time to time. Um, and so it's just a matter of finding that good starting point where you can start getting the biggest wins. And I think that's one of the reasons why when I created my first online course, I wanted to start with knife skills because I, first of all, because I've taught it to so many people already through teaching at a community college through the culinary arts program, through um, creating a knife skills course for family and consumer science classrooms that is being used in a number of middle school and high schools around the country. Um, and by doing hands-on kitchen sessions for young and old alike, I know that there's nothing, there's no other skill that has a wide a range of, of influence that can change so much about your approach to cooking and your, your feeling of confidence in the kitchen as being able to handle a knife. Because rarely are you going to prepare a meal where you don't have to pick up a knife and start cutting something. And so if I can teach them that first, and do so in a way that they can work into their normal routine of cooking to give them the recipes and to give them the specific knife cuts. You know, in this recipe, we're gonna be doing large dice potato and small dice onion. Here's how to do that and here's how to do that. You, you don't get that with when you pull up a recipe on the internet or on a blog or on a YouTube channel. You don't get all of those specifics. And uh, by the end of this 10-week course, these families are going to feel so much more confident about approaching the, the, the kitchen that now they're going to be ready to take that, that next step, whatever that next step may be, whether it's uh, learning you know, specific cooking techniques or learning about ingredients or safety and sanitation. And there's a lot of different directions we can go with it. And that's the nice thing about me being you know, an individual, being a small business owner, is that I can listen to the people like those in your audience who say, Kibby, I'm really struggling with X, Y, Z. What can you teach me? And I can develop content and even coursework to help them address those specific needs so that they can start having those same experiences that I'm having. That's, it's so good. And I love that you started with knives because that's the first thing parents are like, Take the knives away. Don't let them play with knives. You know, my dad, who passed away a few months ago, he was full of sayings. He always like, we could have written a book on all the sayings. And one of the things I'll always remember him saying is a dull knife is a dangerous knife. And I've brought some of his knives from the kitchen to my house. And I'm in awe of how, how sharp they all are. They cut so well. I'm like, geez, he really, he really believed in that. I mean, even like junky knives were sharp, you know, and he always said that a dull knife is a dangerous knife. And, and so, you know, it's, it's knife skills are so important and you learn to not always be fearful of them. A lot of people fear them and they certainly fear their kids around them. So I think it's really wonderful. So 
let me, oh, and the other thing I want to mention to you guys is if you hate, I shouldn't say hate, I, I don't like that word. If you really dislike planning meals, like personally, that was not my favorite thing in life when my kids were little. I have a great meal planning game on the Pumped Up Parenting um, Facebook group. And it's oddly enough called the meal planning game. And it's a great game. You can play with your kids to me plan meals. And if you just want it, just reach out to me, send me a message, email, whatever, and I'll send it to you. Um, but you can involve kids every step of the way, you know, every step, get them involved with it because, and, and don't feel like all, all of the responsibility rests on your shoulders because your kids want to help. They want to do it. They're going to love doing it. And you inviting them into the process, you're going to make them like so happy. They'll just be thrilled to be there with you and all kinds of magic will happen. So Chef Kibbe, we talked about the knife course. How can our listeners get the knife course, get, you know, find out how to uh, get it from you? You can find me on cookinwithkibby.com. That's my main website. It's Cookin with Kibby. I had to leave off the G because there's too many letters for Twitter. Uh, true story. Um, so Cookin with Kibby. And then you also find me on all the social media channels such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, sorry, no Snapchat or TikTok just yet, at least at this recording. Uh, I also have a podcast that's available on Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you go to my website, Cookin with Kibby, Dot com. That's where you can find links to all the other places to, to learn about me and to read about me and to um, also you know, send me a, a message, an email, so that I can get to know you a little bit more and start sharing my thoughts and feelings about food and cooking and hopefully be an encouragement to, to your listeners and to their families so that they can join this movement of inviting kids back into the kitchen cooking yes. with us. and that's why i always say the life is better cooking together exactly exactly and i will have the links in the description so any final words of wisdom chef kibbe for our audience that you'd like to offer well i was going to say that there's nothing more dangerous in the kitchen than a dull knife but you already covered <laughs> that uh but other than that <laughs> no um it just for, for me, the, the first step for, for beginning parents through this process is not teaching them about knives. It's not teaching them about a particular ingredient or a cooking style or any of these things. It's, it's the mindset shift. And when you begin to shift your focus away from creating Instagram and Pinterest worthy meals or things that are going to get a lot of shares on social or even shifting away from necessarily creating food that you absolutely know your kiddos are going to eat. If you shift all of your focus away from all of those kind of um, vanity metrics, if you will, toward the, the relationship and the way the cooking with your kiddos can build stronger, healthier attachments and to make them more resilient in the face of all of the, the chaos that they are experiencing in their lives. That's, that's the first step, is realizing that this is something that your kiddos need and that only you can give to them. And once you realize that, then the next step is, okay, so what do I do to make this a more um, 
accessible process? What do I need to do in order to make this a more frequent occurrence in my household? And that answer is going to be different for everybody listening. And I would be honored at the opportunity for them to reach out to me and to let me know how I can use my 25 years of experience in the food service industry and as a dad cooking for and with my kiddos to be able to help them through that process and take that first step. Sounds awesome. And I hope you guys do reach out and connect. Um, connect with Chef Kibby because he's awesome. And you're going to learn a lot. And you should learn a lot. And I'm so grateful that you were on today, guys. Uh, also, I, you know, you may or may not know that I'm a nutritionist. So you can reach out to me for those nutrition questions. But really, I encourage you to start cooking with your kids. Start connecting with them, start letting them help with all that. They will want to, they uh, just ask them, I do it tonight, do it for your next meal. Say, Hey, do you want to come help me cook dinner? Do you want to help me make lunch? They will help you. They'll be so excited. You asked that they will come running and help you. And then share the stories. Let's see some pictures. Let's, let's see, you know, what happened if there's a mess, Woohoo! Then they can help you clean up too. Don't forget that. They can help clean up as well as they can help cook. So uh, that's a valuable part of the food creation process is to clean up that Absolutely. So Chef Kibbe, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you so much for all your wisdom and your enthusiasm. And uh, I really appreciate you being on here with the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Uh, parents, Thank you so listeners. Much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. And to all of you, as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. It really is the best medicine. Don't forget to hop on to Amazon, get my book, Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids. Have an awesome day, guys. Cook your next meal together. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Be sure to head over to pumpeduppparenting.com to grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, good news, now there is. You can pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, how to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, my newest release on Amazon today. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone can blossom from. Have yourself a really fun day. Bye-bye.